welcome back. Older. Welcome back. How, how, did you, how did you enjoy your vacation? I wear 55 well, y'all. Hey. Happy belated. Happy belated. How was your, how was your, uh, how was your vacation? Traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was amazing it was so good to get away I do confess I worked a little bit while I was going y'all know I'm a workhorse um I did see some client I did I did my look my dad was like really that's what we're doing and I worked on my birthday (laughs) but I only did I did I only saw two clients though I saw two clients on my birthday it was just two it was just two You've got, you must have had to tell them in that last session that you was going to be on vacation. So you was like, damn, like, all right, look, 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 look. I will see you at this time, all right? You better but be on top. you really got nothing going on, don't feel like I'll you see you later. schedule, all right? Like, don't feel pressed to not want, you know, like, right. everything's good this right. week. If you really right. ain't got nothing to talk about, if we just check in, text right. me. Like, hey, everything's good this week. I, enjoy yourself. Right. Like, you I had a good time. You out of town, didn't you? Florida, Florida weather was erratic as usual. Um, we, because we were originally supposed to be going to Puerto Rico, and then with the hurricane and stuff, uh, I was like, "Oh, negative, I'm not yeah. doing it." So we ended up going to Florida instead. You know, Florida weather is bipolar, um, so it was all over the place. Um, but, but overall, it was really a really, really nice, relaxing time. It was just good to just get away. Um, and just, you know, just relax. Um, so even though I did work a little bit while I was there, it was still relaxing work. I didn't I didn't have to treat any of my really intense clients. I, had, I only had mild clients on the caseload mm-hmm. while I was there. So it was all good. But look, folks, this is House Talk pregame. You know who I am. I'm Dr. Lauren Pitts. I'm your couple marriage and family therapist, your sports mental health empowerment coach. You know who that nut bucket is. Hey, hey y'all did the darn thing. Thank you for holding it down. Last week was a fun episode. It was really yeah, fun. It was, it was a really intense. It was a really intense conversation too. Like from yeah. jump, you know, I, I I I said, you know, I can't wait to get the conversation started and saying you could jump right on in and, and got it started. And we just went from there. But it was a yeah. really, really good conversation. So yeah. uh, for those who it was an easy on the eyes conversation too. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just going based on the feet. No, for real. I'm just going based on the feedback. Because you know women are going to be women and they're like, oh, the lineup. The lineup today is a is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I was like, you know what? There are some good looking folks on uh, the panel. Yeah, so it was try. it was a great conversation, but it was also great eye candy for the whole time too. But y'all held that thing down. I'm actually gonna listen to the show in its entirety when I get back. You know, I'm always going to get see since I I I'm I'm diehard. I I gotta go get my nails did. So remember what I said, uh, the pregame portion of the show. Just remember what I said about the, when the DSM-6 decided to come out in a few years. Yep. Just remember we had this kind con- You can We can collaborate, man. We'll talk about that later, man. So look, y'all, Dr. Piss, we glad you had a fantabulous vacation. Yes. Glad you brought in um, a new year, a new chapter, yeah. another opportunity to have more life and more blessings and everything, and hopefully see another 55 you know, so glad you had that. Glad you're back this week. Huh? You said what? <laughs> you said another 55. Um, no. <laughs> okay. I, get I mean, you know, like maybe, 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 I mean, maybe 110 then might not be that bad. It, you might be able to. This. <laughs> you know what? I said, I ain't Moses. No. I, anybody trying to be like it was in the Old Testament before living to be 167. No, I wouldn't be out of here. 
I'm, I'm but, leaving. But they had quality of life. It wasn't like they was walking around like not being able to do stuff. They had quality of life. Yeah, that well, this crazy behind world we're in, I don't know that I want to be in it until I'm 110. I, I'm I, leaving, y'all. I feel y'all. you. I'm be like, yeah. Like, that I understand. Like I might, I might, you come get, come tap me on my shoulder, like, coach, you know, tell me bring my playbook, coach. I ain't worried about it, man. You good. I ain't worried about the midnight train to Georgia. I'm jumping on this train to have seal. I'll see you when you get there. Hopefully I'll see you. Bye. And in, in, in reference to speaking about, you know, getting that tap on the shoulder and bringing your playbook to the coach, you know, we have a, a great topic lined up and we have a phenomenal uh, guest with us today. Super excited about having him on. We have Mr. Zinsu Toby Essie. I, I said that right, right? You said it right. There we go. There we go. Mr. T- Mr. Uh, Toby Essie is a former professional athlete and is currently a uh, therapist as well. And is Fort Worth, Texas, correct? Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. All right. So we got we got double Texas in the house today. So glad. But he's to have not a Dallas Cowboys today. fan, y'all. I he's a not. Commanders fan. <laughs> he's still in the division, but he's a commander. Hey, look, see, I, you know what? I, I don't know what position you played, sir, but <laughs> it sounds like you were in the trenches, man. And I like that because you right, yeah. you right there in the trenches as a commanders fan down there in Fort Worth, man. So I know you can take the heat when you know when the game on the line. I like that. Absolutely. I like that. Sound like somebody I want to go to war with right there. Our coach used to say, like, he'd walk around the warm up line and be like, you know what? I get into a bar fight with you. I know you got my back, you know. <laughs> and then he walked by somebody else and be like. Now you can't go to the bar with me, sir. You can't. You can't. <laughs> oh, that's disrespectful. Uh, hey, I mean, hey, hey. hey sometimes you, like you, can, sometimes. You, can, you can see and feel the fear off of people sometimes before <laughs> that in that pregame. You can just, oh, yeah. I mean, you can see it. Like, some people just so, not ready. We got, we got a great topic lined up. Our topic today is called, is it really worth it? You know, <sighs> the cost-benefit analysis of playing sports. We know playing sports helps you stay in shape. It teaches you how to organize your time, boost friendships, and build relationships with your peers and adults. Through athletics, you gain skills that can be uh, best acquired on a court, track, or field. But at what cost does it take to acquire those skills? And at what cost, you know, short-term and long-term does it have on your physical, mental, and spiritual health of playing a sport? So we're going to be talking about some of the pros and cons of playing sports. You know, being a student athlete and being a professional athlete, is it really worth it? Is it not? You know, are there other things, other ventures and other avenues that you should spend more time of your childhood and adolescent years focusing on other than playing sports? We're going to talk about all that today with Mrs. Hoviesi and a whole bunch of a bevy of other things. So, sir, we're really glad to have you on the show today. Um, <clears throat> before we get into that topic, uh, Dr. Pitts, did you have a mental health tip of the week you'd like to share this week? I do. I do. And I want to share it around the context of the cost benefit analysis. And certainly Zinsu is going to get more into this as as he shares his story and perspective about this whole process. Um, But I think that it's really important for our student athletes, for real, even our parents and at the collegiate level, professional level, whatever the case may be, folks have to be willing to do a cost benefit analysis. As we were talking before the show, about how we talk about it all the time, right? How athletes have tunnel vision. Everybody wants to go pro. Everybody wants to be in the NFL draft, the NBA draft, the MLB draft. Everybody wants to be drafted to play sports. Everybody, you know, no matter how good they really are, they believe they're good enough to go pro. And that's fine. We're not trying to rain on anybody's parade, but this is what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to start thinking about what your current like authentically in your heart of hearts, what is your current mindset about playing sports right now? 
Are you someone who has decided that you don't want to play sports at all? And, you know, you, your parents were sort of living vicariously through you and made you play sports because you're going to do something positive besides sit on this couch and play video games? Or did you want to play sports? I want you to take a look at that and think about what is it going to cost you and, and I, when I say cost, I mean everything, financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, everything. What is it going to cost you if you stick with whatever your current position is right now? So if you decide that, you know what, I do want to play sports, what is it going to cost you to actually play? If you're somebody who says, you know what, I know my mom and dad want me to play sports, but I really don't want to play. What is it going to cost you to not be an athlete. In contrast, what are the benefits of playing? What are the benefits of not playing? Think about that. And then as you're teasing that, and I, and I want you to take what we call a holistic analysis of this, right? Don't just do the willy nilly, oh, well, I might get hurt, or I might be a star, or I might not start. No, I want you to dig really, really deep, talk to coaches, talk to trainers, talk to other people that wanted to play but didn't or didn't make the team because they got cut or, or whatever the case may be. Have this whole conversation. And then once you get done all of that, based on your current perspective about playing or not playing, I want you to think about how important it is to you on a scale of one to 10 with one being not very important and 10 being extremely important. How important is it to you to maintain the stance that you have right now here today about playing sports or not playing sports? And then the next thing I want you to do is I want you to think about whatever your position is, how confident are you in your ability to change your position? So if you're somebody who says, you know what, I'll never play sports, I don't want to. But after the show, you're like, you know what, they hit on some really great points. Maybe I do. Maybe I do want to play or vice versa. How confident are you in your ability to change your mind? Because as you're going to hear in our discussion today, playing sports requires a support system. And the reality of it is some people don't have it. It costs money to play sports. Some people don't have it, right? So think about that. And then the last thing I want to put on your radar is regardless of what your position is to play or not to play, what would it take for you to change your mind? What would it take for you to change your mind? That's all I had. Hmm. I don't think if I think back on like if there was anything else, I will say this though. As I would, I'm gonna take this stance already in the show. I think there are way more benefits than it is not benefits of playing sports. And, you know, we'll get, well, I'll get into all those reasons as we get into it. But if there was one thing I would say, I would go back and do is I will probably play more sports. Wow. You know, I, and I did this to myself and I see it. I see they talk about it a lot, especially with coaches. And I kind of did this to myself. You know, I ain't know no better is I was always, you know, just one sport minded. Like, you know, I knew I was really good at football at an early age knew I could, you know, take it, you know, as far as I wanted to, but I didn't really give any other sports a shot, you know, not that I didn't want to, it's just, I didn't feel like I, you know, 
would be good enough at it or, you know, not, you know, going to be as talented as it as I was in football. So the only other sport I really did was track. And, you know, when I always think back to it, I was like, man, if I even gave track a little bit more effort and put a little bit more time into it, track was fun. Like doing shot putting discus and the field events was really fun. And the big boy relay, you know, that was fun too. You know, I was the third leg in the big boy relay. You know, I held it down. Um, I'm not going to say my 100 time. Matter of fact, for, for my side, I was 285 pounds in high school. I ran a 13-1 in the 100. You know, I didn't come in last. I know that is extremely slow. You know, I'm not going to beat Usain Bolt in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, so I will say maybe not, you know, is there, was there a, not a benefit, but I probably would have benefited more playing multiple sports. Just having, you know, those different avenues, those different outlets and things like that probably the cost, the cost benefit of that probably would have benefited me a lot more going forward than not have playing multiple sports. Um, so I do, I do appreciate you, you know, sharing that. I, I do think that was important. Um, Mr. Toviese, did you have, did you want to share any uh, a mental health tip of the week or something, you know, for people to, um, you know, take with them going into the new week? Uh, mental health tip of the week, I would say, um, kind of going along to what, what the topic is, Whatever it is that you want to accomplish in your life, you have to consider the cost. There's a scripture yes. in the Bible that says consider the cost. It basically just mm -hmm. means like, are you willing to go through whatever it is that you need to go through to get to mm -hmm. point B, period. Yeah. And now you have to start writing down what I got to do. I got to get a degree right. to be able to be a mental health therapist. I got to get a master's degree. I got to pass the LPC exam. I got to do this. I got These are different <laughs> things that you have to do to become a mental health clinician. It's the same thing, whether you want to be a lawyer, whether you want to be a football player, basketball player, it does not matter. You have to know what the what the journey is going to entail. Now, is, are there going to be surprises? Absolutely. But mm -hmm. if you are 16, 17 years old and you are hell bent on, I want to do this with the rest of my life. OK, well, start writing down what the road looks like, what what obstacles mm -hmm. could possibly get in your way and start planning mm -hmm. now, because if you don't plan, it's a high likelihood that you will fail uh, in most mm -hmm. situations. Um, cause most of us can't just fly by the seat of our pants and win. Like that's just not yeah. realistic, yeah. you know, for most no. people, um, okay. unless, you know, you have a security blanket, like some people do, like, unless your parents are just rich and you can just keep trying stuff until something sticks, that's Somewhere. different. Mm -hmm. But for, for the average person, you know, your, your, your resources are limited. So you can't just mm -hmm. throw it on the wall and hope that it sticks. Cause then that sets you back five, six, seven, eight years, you know, yeah. if you make a wrong decision, you know, so uh, overall, I would just say, focus on whatever it is that's important to you and, and figure out, can you do it? Can you handle whatever it takes to get to the end of the road? And yeah. the most people don't think about that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate uh, sharing that. So with that being said, let's go ahead and, and, and transition into the topic of, you know, is it worth it? So Mr. Toby, I say, please, for the uh, people who, who don't know you, kind of give us a little bit of your background of, you know, growing up playing sports and then how you became a uh, LPC. Got it. Um, so <clears throat> grew up in a board, was born in Washington, D.C., um, lived there for about 11 or 12. And then my parents moved to what they call Alexandria, Virginia, which is basically a suburb. You know, they're mm -hmm. trying to get away from the violence and all that and hoping that, you know, they could provide a better life uh, for their kids, um, which, you know, worked out pretty good, <laughs> uh, in, in my opinion. Um, so I think the move was a good thing. Um, but so my experience growing up is we were kind of like alienated, kind of outcast because both of my parents were born in Africa, moved here, got married, started having kids. So me and all my sisters were first generation American. And it, it's cool to be African now. And they says, you know, Black <laughs> Panther and all that came out. But I'm talking about 
you know, in the in the eighties and the nineties when it wasn't cool to be right. African, when you were set apart, like you were ridiculed, you were, you know, you were considered different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of grew up in that era where, you know, not a lot of people, not a lot of people, you know, interacted with my family in general. Oh, but boy, when I started playing sports and everybody wanted to be my best friend, then now everybody's mm-hmm. coming along and everybody cool with you now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, going through that whole process and then becoming you know, an athlete in high school, I played basketball, football, I ran track, kind of was trying to figure out which direction I wanted to kind of go in to kind of settle on. And I chose football only because that was like, you know, a good anger outlet for me at the time. Um, so I get to hit people. Um, and so going, wind up going to college and um, played in college at Marshall University, got drafted into mm-hmm. the NFL, got hurt, had to retire because of my knee. And, you know, took a journey and actually uh, took a couple of different type of career paths trying to get to mental health clinician and then finally got to where I needed to be. And now I'm, you know, clicking on all cylinders, just excited about what God is going to do next. Thank you for sharing that. So let me go ahead and ask the first question. And it's the title of our show. For you, was it worth it? You know, and when I say that, you know, the totality, the totality, totality, oh, I can't mess that word up, of being a, you know, uh, a high school athlete, student athlete in college and, you know, becoming a professional athlete, reaching that, you know, penultimate goal of, you know, reaching the professional leagues and then the real work begins. So for you, from a, a physical, spiritual and, and mental aspect, you know, was it worth it for you to go through that journey of becoming a professional athlete and then, you know, venturing off, you know, afterwards? Absolutely. It was, it's to me, the, the benefits outweigh all the negative stuff. And I know certain people have not played football. That was my sport of choice. I know some people shy away from that because of the violent nature of it now. And I'm not saying that they're not right to some degree, but mm-hmm. some people just have it in them. They just warriors. Like they have to, they are drawn to that, you know, yeah. and there's nothing you're going to say or do to be able to stop them. For instance, I have a son who's 18 and is in uh in college now and i tried to get him to not play sports like football specifically when he mm-hmm. was younger and he just he wasn't trying to hear that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he's just like this is what i'm doing and maybe because dad made it to the nfl that maybe that's in his mind he was like, i have to do it too but you know i i learned through that experience that you can't force a kid not to play like you can you know technically but you're gonna kill the kid's spirit and that's not right. you know as a parent i don't think you should do that now you do you put extra precautions in place to try to help them not get injured yeah you absolutely need to do that but to just you know tell a kid they can't play a sport that they love that they see all their kids playing all their friends playing outside is just to me I think that's a little cruel but that's just my take on it I do have friends that are um that are real good friends of mine who do not allow their their kids to play football and I understand and I get it uh I disagree but you know at the same time I that's that's not my kid so they have to respect their their decision um, but for me, I would say it's a resounding uh, yes. The things that I've learned uh, about being mentally tough, the things I've learned about being able to persevere, the things I've learned about how to manage people playing sports all my life, mm-hmm. dealing with people yeah. that you that you personality wise, you just like you really want to come across that table and, and give them some hands real quick, you know, <clears throat> but then you learn like, OK, I have to learn to be professional and get along mm-hmm. with somebody I do not like, somebody mm-hmm. that I would not hang around. And real mm-hmm. talk, if he wasn't my teammate, I would already put hands on him already a long time ago. Um, but you have to learn how to deal with people, you know, who you don't necessarily like. And then you learn how to manage different personalities and learn how to, 
it's it to me it's not just the physical aspect of being in shape but it's the socialization that you learn from sports the the mental toughness the getting up in the morning and going to work out when you don't want to do it you don't feel like doing it but you're doing it for an end goal there's some things that i've you know, been through in my life that I know for a fact going through therapy and my own personal therapy and witnessing other people that made them fold like they was like done out for the yeah. count. And yeah. I've been able to persevere, persevere through those things. And I attribute it mainly to my mental toughness, like being able to go through sports and learning that not everything's going to go good all the time. Matter of fact, if you want to be honest, it's going to go bad sometimes. And you got to be, <laughs> you got to have the mental fortitude to understand that, okay, Things are going bad. You know, it's not our game right now, but are you going to give up? You're just going to quit. You're just going to lay down. Whether we win, lose, or draw on this mm -hmm. game, it says a lot about a team if they quit, in my opinion. So I'm watching. I, the one thing I will say about the, the the Texans that I that I everybody thought they were going to get routed like 45, 50 to zero. Mm -hmm. They came and yeah, fought that last yeah, game yeah. on Thursday night, even though they knew they were outmatched. And it was mm -hmm. clear, you know, in, this, in the, probably the third quarter that this game was over. You know, mm -hmm. they, it was pretty much over, but they kept fighting and they kept right. fighting. And it, to me, that says a whole lot about the coaching staff because the week before they gave up, they got, yeah. they got but, early and then they folded and you could tell they gave up because it just but, got bad, you know? And so as a coach, that's how coaches get fired. When you, when they mm -hmm. see a team do that, it's not mm -hmm. because you don't have the talent, but you can't teach talent. But what you can teach mm -hmm. is somebody being able to persevere and not give up and say, okay, mm -hmm. well, this ain't our day, so we're just going to pack it in and let them do whatever they want to do. No, you got to fight to the very end because in mm -hmm. life, you're going to have to fight to the very end. You know, mm -hmm. there's things that I've been through. There's things that are coming up in my life, you know, that I'm going to have to persevere through and be mentally tough to be able to deal with, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And all of that, in my opinion, stems from me playing football and playing sports in general and just learning, like, you know, I never had the silver spoon. You know, my parents, my mom was you know, was a, basically a maid. She used to clean people's houses. You know, my dad was a driver uh, for an embassy in uh, in uh, DC and he would drive a cab on the weekends to make ends meet. Neither one of them had more than a third grade education, but yet all of their kids have graduated from, you know, from college and all of nice. them have at least, at least a master's degree. A couple of them mm -hmm. have PhDs, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, they sacrificed and did what they could to help us get to a better place in life as we should continue to do for the next generation. Mm -hmm. um, which I think is part of the disconnect in our current situation. Mm -hmm. But that's mm -hmm. that's a whole other topic that we want uh, mm -hmm. to get sidetracked on. But for me, it's a, it's 100% yes. Even with eight surgeries on my right knee that I had to retire mm -hmm. from. because of Did football. you say eight? Eight mm -hmm. surgeries. I just had eight. a surgery three weeks ago. I'm non-weight bearing for another three weeks. And then I got to have another mm -hmm. surgery uh, sometime in December again. Um, to re-implant uh, a titanium knee into mm. into my leg, even all that. I was I, me I remember a few weeks ago, right after the surgery, this is literally the day of the surgery and I'm sitting in my bed and I'm halfway waking up from the surgery. And I just remember laying in the bed, like, here we go again, you know, cause this is mm. number eight, you know? And I was just like, here we go again. Mm. All right, so I gotta prepare myself mentally. So I started thinking about, you know, the next days and weeks to come. Cause you know, the first two, three weeks is the hardest, you know, yeah. the pain is at an all time high. Uh, even, you know, in the first month or two from a knee replacement, you know, your pain is at an all time high. So if you don't manage the pain well, you know, it's going to really disrupt your life in general, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then couple that with the fact that I can't even walk right now. Like I literally can't put any weight on my right leg. Cause I don't really have a knee in there basically just oh antibi God. antibiotics in the spacer so that it doesn't close up 
all the way. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's uh, but You're even with all of that and dealing with all that, like I still the things that I've learned from playing sports, I just are invaluable. That I just you know love my dad to death. He taught me a lot, but my dad was not a person who was able to verbally communicate feelings and how he felt about you and things like that. He grew up in a generation in a culture where your job was to go earn and you come home and bring home the money to your family. And that's all you owe them. You don't owe them no hugs, no kisses, no no affection. No, I you love don't owe you them. Yeah, we don't, I don't owe you none of that. I just owe you. I go hard. I go to work. I work hard and I bring home the money to provide for my family, you know. So although my dad was there, he wasn't there in the sense of he wasn't somebody I could talk to and be like, dad, I'm struggling with this. You know, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And then he didn't know nothing about sports anyway, because he was coming from a whole nother country and did not mm-hmm. even know American football. Uh, mm-hmm. Funny story. I should tell my parents, you know, because I was practicing my autograph in elementary school. That's how dedicated mentally wow. I was, that I was going to the NFL. And I used to tell teachers, I got in trouble. That's the only reason why I remember this. I got in trouble with my dad because my teacher called my dad. It was like, he telling me he practicing his autograph because he going at that time I didn't know if I was going to the NFL or the NBA I felt like I had my choice on which Mm -hmm. one I would do Mm -hmm. um and so the funny part is like you know my dad was always working wasn't able to come to a lot of my high school games and things like that because he had to sacrifice you know to you know provide for our family and so he had he didn't come to any of my high school games basketball or football track anything so My first college game is on ESPN. We're playing West Virginia. And the commentator, it was Mel Kuyper, the, the draft guru guy. He was commentating um, for the game. So he's like, you know, this kid told me, yes, he's going to be playing on Sundays one day. I was like, he's got the frame. He's fast. But my dad calls me after the game. He's like, you didn't tell me you was going to the NFL. Dad, I've been telling you this for, the, for like the last, I don't know how many years. I've been telling you this. He said, like, yeah, but I just... I just thought that's what you believe. Like, I didn't think that was true. So all of a sudden, my dad started coming to all of my uh, college games. So every time he comes to the game, I just look at him like, Dad, you know that's wrong, right? He just be like, this is a funny story. I'm like, Dad, like, what did you think? I know he was serious. Yeah, so it took took a commentator on ESPN for you to confirm, oh, my son is really good. Like, he can actually play. I love it. I'm just like, oh, man. Wow. man that's that's real man man you said so many you said so many things man that i that i can just relate to like mm-hmm. even like the i'm i'm five knee surgeries in um i've had and 32 concussions yeah man you know when you when you i, I played i played offensive line my entire football career so you already yeah. know like Yep. You know, you're I played all I five play positions. In, so you in the trench. Oh, okay. You already yeah. know. Back then, you know, <laughs> up until I got to high school, we didn't call them concussions. And even in high school, like when I was in high school is when they first started to really call them concussions. And I remember I had one my junior in my high school, my junior year. It was my first like legit real concussion where like I tell people all the time when I can't like I hit the dude with the top of my helmet. And when I hit the ground, I woke back up like it was boom, boom. And I, I thought I was fine. 45 minutes later in the practice, when I'm trying to get into my stance, I see three hands. And I'm like, yo, I don't even know which hand to like lean on right now to get in my stance. And I'll never forget it. Like when I went off the sideline and told the trainer that, and she told the coach that I couldn't practice because I had a concussion. Boy, you'd have thought I told him I quit. Like, <laughs> yo, I got called. They didn't, they like didn't respect that as an injury back in that time. It what? Wasn't, that and wasn't this a was, legit injury. And this was 2000, this was 2009, like, mm. this was 09, like, you know, that's not that long ago, <laughs> like, 
But see, there's a difference between the propaganda that they put out. Oh, we making the game safe. We making the game safe. Mm-hmm. But underlying in reality, yeah. most cultures at that level, they looking at you like you what you got. And I and I tell people all the time, like, get back even, in that even, game. even the higher level you go, like people don't understand, like you know, when you get injured, it's like nobody wants to get injured, and you know, nobody wishes injury on anybody in any sport. However, we know as athletes, like when you get injured our competitive mindset already kicks in like, yo, that's giving somebody else an opportunity to take my spot. And we've seen it so many times, decade after decade, sport after sport, whether it's Tom Brady, whether it's, I think, Mickey Mantle when he took uh, Lou Gehrig's spot or whatever. Like we've seen this in every sport year after year that if you get hurt, there is a great possibility that you can lose your spot. And something, I mean, and people can poo-poo on a concussion all you want to. I always tell people until you've had a legit concussion, like, you don't understand what it's like to have your head ringing for a week straight. Like any type of light, any type of noise, like it's just intensified that entire time. It doesn't feel good. But when you are a, a 16 year old kid and you got this grown man, like, I mean, calling you everything but a blessed child of God because you see three hands on the ground when you get in your stance. Now you're sitting there looking like, well, I damn sure can't tell him this no more. Like, you know, exactly. <laughs> and, and I always tell people like, I probably had over 30 real concussions because back then it was like, you just didn't say anything. Yeah. Like you got your bell rung. You saw the little stars all in front of you and stuff. Your head might feel a little woozy. You might hear a ringing noise or you just got your bell rung. Keep it pushing, you know? And, and then with knee surgery, man, when you talked about not being able to walk, I had four knee surgeries in the span of two years, my last two years in college. And I tore my meniscus each time and the, my final two seasons, I played with both meniscuses torn in my knees. And I always tell people like, I had to get a lidocaine shot before every game. And if I didn't get before the game, I got it during halftime just to see, you know, what, what side was going to last longer. And then <clears throat> would take like, you know, 15, 20 pills a day, just to be able to go to practice, just be able to get through practice, be able to get through rehab, like put my body through literal hell for two yeah. seasons because I was so afraid of losing. I was on full ride scholarship. So you already know the added pressure of being on a full ride. It's yeah. like, if you sneeze wrong, hey, look, so we're not gonna renew your uh, scholarship for the Gosh, next season, yeah. or whatever the case may be. And then going at a D2 black school where we only have 35 scholarship positions, but you have a teammate, you have a team of 90 people. There's, we only had, I think it was seven of us that were on full rides. The rest of those 28 scholarships was divvied up amongst the team. So yeah. right then and there, it already kind of causes some division amongst your teammates because it's like everybody else is scrapping nickels together, student loans, you know, or just walked on. Meanwhile, you know, here you are, full ride, got a knee injury, ain't practicing, only playing in games. People look at you different. So it's like all this added pressure and stuff. And you tell yourself, like, I, I never, to your point about the surgery, when I had my third knee surgery, I never forget it. When they wheeled me back into the operating room one of the um, dudes who was on the surgery team looked at me. He was like, yo, weren't you just here two months ago? <laughs> and I just, like, I really like started to tear up because like in my mind, I'm like, yo, I'm being punished. Like, you know, like I, I didn't get it. When I had my second knee surgery, I knew my chance of the NFL was a wrap, you yeah. know, like, because I'm a center at a D2 school in a small conference where, you know, linemen are already not that big to begin with. And I'm on my second knee surgery and it ain't getting no better. I knew at that point my NFL career was a wrap or any chance of trying to have a career was a wrap. So then you start automatically asking yourself, like, what the hell did I just put my body through? Like, 
I just sacrificed my mom. I want to ask a question around that. Finish it up, Ronnie, because I have a question for both of you around it. Because <laughs> my mom, my mom sensories are going nuts right now. So it's like, you know, you start to, you, you, I mean, and like you said, like each time I had knee surgery, I couldn't walk for six weeks. So, you know, I would just be, I would wake up, go do rehab, rest of the day to myself. Would have to, you know, crush the class. Got my leg propped up on the desk and everything. Got to sit by myself because can't nobody sit around me by my leg. And it was just an isolating feeling for so long. And it's just like, yo, like, what am I really doing? Why am I putting my body through this? And it's hard to remind yourself in that moment of all the benefits that football brings. Yeah. And it's funny. And it's and it's funny we're having this conversation because this morning before the show, I saw this clip. I don't know if you're familiar with the Pivot podcast with um, Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor, yeah. and Channing Crowder and everything. Yeah. <clears throat> they just had Martellus Bennett on there. I don't I don't know if the episodes dropped or not, but they just had him on there. And I didn't know this. Apparently, he walked away from a substantially large contract extension. I think it was almost up to worth $40 million contract extension. And he walked away. And he was like, yo, I was not happy. Like, you know, I was not happy with the totality of my football career. And so Channing kind of pressed him on it. And he was like, bro, like, if you're playing a kid's games, making millions of dollars, going out there, you know, playing and whatnot, going to the Pro Bowl and everything, that's on you not to enjoy it. And so his rebuttal was this. He was like, playing football or playing a sport is almost like an amusement park. You know, any, any roller coaster ride, whether it's the really big ones, the really fun ones, or whatever the case may be, they only last anywhere from 15 to 30 seconds any given time. But you might stand in that line for 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half, two hours for that 15, 20 seconds of enjoyment. And so his point was, you know, for him, it was like, Football and sports, you have moments that we grasp onto. Like you were just talking, like there's moments of the locker room you remember. There's moments of games you remember. Maybe some certain practice and whatever, you know, if you got, you know, trash in practice or the coach was just wilding in practice. We all got those stories. But when you think about some of the totality of it, like a lot of the, the grunt work, the, the day in and day out of, you know, being a student athlete, the schedule that, you know, people don't respect and appreciate. A lot of those times that it's hard to appreciate some of those good moments and the benefits when, you know, you feel like in the moment, like, Yo, like I'm just trashing my body for what? I'm doing this for what? I got this coach talking to me like this for what? I'm like you said, getting up to go work out and I can't even walk. I can't even move. My arm don't even come up all the way. Like, yo, like, you know, is it really worth it? So I always find it interesting when we have this conversation because, you know, I think everybody, there's always something you can pull from sports. And for me, like you said, I think there's so many mental benefits of sports than maybe the physical. Football, there's not a lot of physical benefits after football, especially if you play a position, you know, in the line, linebacker, running back, things like that. When you are playing a contact position every single play, you hit every single play, not a lot of physical benefits, po you know, yeah. post-career. But the mental benefits you spoke about, you know, the, the discipline, the tenacity, the resiliency, the perseverance. One of the things I always tell people, probably the greatest lesson I learned about football is that everything can go your way you can do everything the right way, prepare the right way, train the right way, execute and play the right way and still lose the game. And life is the exact same way. You can do everything the right way, go the right career path, go to the right school, get the right education, meet the right people. And you can still not get the job. You can still not get, you know, get that position. You can still not do this. And that's a hard lesson for people to accept, especially if you've never been through that in a, a, a more scaled thing like sports. You know, I was part of a team where we lost out on a chance to play in a championship game because one of our teammates had knocked out the other team's quarterback at the championship banquet. You know, 
all of our hard work, our season's hard work, nine and one, the best record we had in school history at that point, gone to waste for what? Over a punch, over somebody saying a, a, a simple joke in the bathroom. So, you know, you have moments like that and then you have to pick yourself back up and go right back there and do it all over again. Like that didn't just happen. Having that short-term memory, if you're in the game, you know, if you give up a, a outside run or if I give up a sack, you got to have that short-term memory to like, hey, look, this was a bad moment. It was a bad quarter, bad half, whatever. But you still got to get up and go out there and play the next game, play the next snap, play the next series. And there's so many mental lessons that translate to life that I appreciate about football that, you know, I will say sometimes the physical consequences will make you challenge that and question it at times. But I will always say that overall, the mental benefits are far more lasting and far more rewarding playing, you know, whether it's football, basketball, whatever the case may be. I know, Dr. Fitz, I know you're ready to jump in. I, I, I want to circle back because you both brought it up and I, and I've, I hear it a lot. Um, you both talked about pain. And when I think about the impact that pain, whether it's treated or not, but the impact that pain has on one's mental health. Mm -hmm. I, I, wanna, I wanna touch on that because I think, you know, it's, it's costing you. It's costing you dearly when you think about how your body and your mind are being punished. I'm gonna mute myself because I got fighters going overhead. I need to get some noise canceling headphones, but I want you both to speak to that from a mental health perspective, please. I'll let, I'll let Zinsu go first. Okay, um, so for me, um, I would say I've had pain in at least one knee, if not both, every day since I was about 21, 20 years mm -hmm. old. Mm -hmm. So even now, like even before the surgery, I, even before the surgery I just had three weeks ago, this has been pain every day of my life since I was about 20 years old. Um, and I'll be honest, sometimes it can make you depressed. Like when it gets really, really bad um, and you know, you take some Tylenol or whatever over-the-counter stuff you can find and it ain't really working, then it's like, what do you do? That's, that's, but see, that's the, where, in my opinion, the, the mental fortitude comes in where it's like, okay, well, I can't sit here and give up. So I'm just going to right. get up and do what I can. <laughs> I may not be able to do everything I wanted to do today, but, you know, today just happens to be a bad day. Now there's constant pain every day. There are some days that are worse than others where it gets like real bad. Um, and so I've seen people, I've counseled people who have chronic pain and it's made them depressed and made them not kind of want to kind of want to give up on life. Um, because pain is a, man, it's a, it's a, a very awakening thing for, for most people. Most people don't deal with pain every day of their life, um, which is rare. And, you know, I may deal with pain in my knees for the rest of my life. I don't know, but I still would not take anything away from you know, my experience playing football. Now, when I say football, it doesn't have to be football. It could be any sport or it could be any extracurricular activity where you're forcing to socialize with other people. Some people are just not athletes. That's not their thing. They don't want to be out there running around, sweating, doing all that, but they might want to join a chess club or whatever club. Is The point is to get your kids out and socialize and more so than it is they have to play a particular sport. Um, I do recommend football, you know, for, for people who do want to play something because there's a toughness that comes with it when you yeah. get injured and you get hurt. Cause there's a difference between, you know, an injury and I'm hurt, 
you know, my coach used to always say that, you know, well, if you hurt, then I mean, you can play, you fine. Like it hurt a little bit, but, but you can play. If you're injured, then you can't really play, you know? Right. But, you know, you learn to, okay, well, I broke my finger and it's two weeks in, there's really not a whole lot I can do about it. I'm going to have to tape it up and play through it. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, most <laughs> people will probably be crying right now, you know, but it is what it is. I got, I got a game to play, you know? Right. Um, but when you translate that into life, and you start to learn to push through certain things, you know, like I'm almost kind of going stir crazy a little bit in the last three weeks, you know, being having to be stationary and not being able to move and doing the things that I kind of want to be able to go do. Cause I'm used to going to the gym, working out with my guys and stuff like that. But, you know, I can't do nothing until, you know, I get cleared and then I still have to have another surgery and then wait a little bit longer before I can actually start working out and doing the things that I want to do. Um, so what I would say for most people, is learn to live with the pain. Like, it's not the end of the world. And, and it's not just athletes that are dealing with pain, you know, <laughs> mind you. I know I have friends who have different, you know, degenerative diseases that have nothing to do with them, you know, playing football or playing some type of sport or whatever. And they live with pain every day of their life, you know. Um, so at the end of the day, yes, pain can make you depressed. It can make you anxious. It can make you a whole lot of things. And so I always recommend people check in with the therapist, no matter what, I don't care if you think your life is going great, just check in with a therapist, see where you're, where you're at. Cause sometimes we think we're in a certain place and we're not. And we find out that we're not because we, as an individual, I can deceive myself into thinking I'm okay and I'm fine and I'm all good. But if I got to sit down in front of, in front of Ronnie, the clinician and tell him what's going on and Ronnie, the clinician is going to be looking at me like, yeah, I know you saying you all right, but here's some evidence that's saying that you're not all right, you know, and they help you walk you through it and look at things from a different perspective. So you don't fall into the trap of, uh, yeah, I'm good, especially men, you know, when we deal with pain, we don't want to tell nobody, you know, mm -hmm. we good, you know, everything's fine, everything's good, you know, but had I not went to the doctor um, and inquired about my leg hurting a little more than usual, and letting them extract my knee, you know, there's a possibility I could have, they could have had to amputate my knee because I had an infection in my knee and I didn't know it, you know, at the time. So I'm just walking around doing my thing and, you know, there's pain. So I was like, okay, I deal with pain every day in my knee. So it ain't no, no big deal, but they wound up finding an infection. And luckily they caught it early enough to where they're able to treat it. And then, you know, I'm on IV antibiotics now for the next three or four weeks. And once that gets cleared, then I'll have to go have the surgery and have them re-implant the knee in there. Um, so, you know, to anybody that's listening, that's young, that wants to be an athlete and wants to play professional, what I would say is learn to manage, you know, learn to manage your life. And what I mean by that is the same thing as a topic. Is it worth it? Consider the cost. It's going to hurt. As a football player, there's going to be times where you have pain somewhere in your body pretty much every day, yeah. especially during the season. Like there's no way you know, that you're not going to have something most, and for most people, they got pain in two or three areas of their body going into each game. You know, right. it's just football. It's a violent sport and it is what it is. You know, now maybe that's not your forte and you're like, eh, you know, I don't want to do that. Okay. We'll play basketball, you know, play volleyball, do something different, but just do something. Don't just have your kids sit in the house and play video games all day. And I don't know how to talk to people, you know, so they get older and can't hold a job, not because they're not intelligent, but they don't know how to manage people. Because part of, you know, working at a job is being able to manage people and having those right. social skills to be able to deal with people who you may not really like. And then some people who may be not necessarily you dislike them, but their personality just don't work well with yours. It happens, you know, 
Um, but the things you learn from sports to me completely outweigh any negative, you know, thing. Now I always tell my friends who are completely against football and just say, okay, you don't like football. Not a big deal. Just pick another sport, you know, let right. your kid play something, do something. It don't have to be football, you know? Um, cause I didn't learn all, I, I learned most of my lessons from football because that's the one that I played the longest, but I learned some lessons running track. I learned lessons, you know, playing basketball. It's not about the sport in, in, in particular. It's more about the group of guys that you're around, the coaching, because they're supposed to be leading you in a, in a certain direction, hopefully in a positive one, you know, if you have a really good coach. Um, so for me, <clears throat> even egg surgeries in and still having pain in my knee and all the stuff that I got to go through with my body that I know was caused because of <laughs> football, uh, I still, I wouldn't change anything. Zinzu, yes, do you think you would still feel the same way if you had lost your leg? I do. I wow. do. See, see, you have to understand the environment that I came from. There was not, so in the neighborhood that I lived in, there was two of us that made it out without going to jail or being locked up. Two. Okay. There was two of us. One guy went to the Marines and I went on football scholarship. And I was going to say, your fortitude reminds me of military, that military, that Marine, I don't feel nothing but the rebuttal of my gun, and I'm going to serve my country, and, and, and I'm I willing almost to lay went down into my the Marines. Had I not gotten a football scholarship, I would have went into the Marine. That was my goal, because I was like, I'm not sitting around here drinking 40s on the corner with y'all. Like, I'm going to do, do something. If, if I fail, it ain't going to be because I'm around here. I'm definitely getting away from here and doing yeah. something different with my life, you know. Um, but even if I had lost my leg, at the end of the day, like, I'm okay with it because I, I wouldn't be where I'm at in my life right now if it wasn't for sports. I wouldn't be the man that I am right now. I wouldn't have been able to persevere through some of the crazy things that I've been through in my life had I not played football and I not learned that mental toughness that, you know, because sometimes, you know, I have friends and, I, and I'm and i not judging, but I, I have friends and I, I see them going through things and I try to support them. And in my mind, I'm like... <laughs> I'm trying to figure a very PC way to put this. Then look, uh, just say it. <laughs> in my mind, just I'm say. like, in my mind, I'm like, that's some weak ass shit that you that you're going through. Like, and you over here about to fall apart. It, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. and so that so having been through some of the hardships that I've been through, yeah. I can sometimes look at other people and say, that's it. That's what you're crying about. Like, yeah. That's not necessarily a good place to be all the time. You do need to have empathy because not everybody mm -hmm. is equipped to handle every load. You yeah, know, right. as, yeah. as I mature, that's what I've had to learn. Like, it's yeah. not the same. So if one person has to have eight new surgeries, that might make them just be in a depression for the rest of their life. And they just- Or addicted pain. to painkillers or, or- Or addicted to painkillers or, or worse, yeah. you know? And somebody else, I, there's, there's people I know that have had 10, 12 surgeries and it ain't got nothing to do with football or any kind of sport. Yeah. So there's people out yeah. there that have gone through worse than I've gone through. And there's people out right. there that have not gone through as much as I've yeah. gone through. So as I mature, I'm looking at things in terms of, you know, God gives us what we can handle. And every person is different. When you're going yeah. through a lot, you got you to gotta put your head up and say, okay, God, you must yeah. think highly of me. <laughs> but yeah. we're going to get through this and just take it one day at a time. But overall, it would absolutely be worth it. Even if I lost my leg, it would be yeah. worth it. In the instance of time, um, and, and Ronnie, I'm not, you know, I'm not making short of all the banged up, banged up oh, nah. that you've gone through, <laughs> but in the instance of time, because I know Zinsu, when you first agreed to, to join us for the shows that, that you said you would participate in, 
I had asked you um, how comfortable you were in sharing um, a more personal part of your testimony. And I, I would, because I think that it's so important because you, you've alluded to things that people go through, right? But I think that it's really important as a former student athlete, professional athlete, I think that it's also important for people to understand Zinsu the man and how all of everything that you've learned and been through and endured throughout your athletic career, connect that to your personal journey and what led you to become a counselor and because you're an LPC and the uh, LCDC, right? The, mm -hmm. I always get those that acronym mixed up. Um, <laughs> no word. But, but I think that it's really, un I think that it's imperative for our listeners to hear that part of your story. Because again, folks get this tunnel vision. And like yeah. you said, they don't have, life don't stop happening because you life go to the pros. Life don't stop that. happening because you balling out in college. Life don't stop happening because you that kid in high school that's going to college on the full athletic scholarship. Life happens and you amidst living your dream athletically, you've had to endure some, some really, 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 really intense personal stuff too. And I think that it's imperative for our, our audience to hear that part of your story as well. Okay, so we'll start with the... Um you know, the, probably the first tragedy in my, in my kind of like in my recollection was, you know, being a freshman in, in college. Um, and, you know, I'm just, I'm a freshman and I'm doing my thing, you know, excited about playing, got a, got a letter stating that I was not eligible to play my freshman year, um, that I just sit out the rest of that year. And of course, it got corrected about halfway through the season. There was a mix-up, and something happened with the clearinghouse and all that kind of stuff. So it wound up getting getting cleared up. Um, but I didn't play my freshman year, so I was a little kind of like out of it a little bit, just because I wasn't able to play. I was practicing with the team, and I got a call one day, you know, that my sister, my older sister, had committed suicide. So I go home, I go to the funeral. I'm still, I'm, I'm 19 at this point. I'm still trying to figure out who I am as a man. And, you know, you deal, deal with this blow of death to somebody that, you know, you were close to, which was my sister. And, you know, without getting into the details of it, you know, the bottom line is, you know, she was struggling with her own mental health because of certain things that she had uh, been through. And, you know, I almost flunked out of school my first semester. Luckily, my academic advisor had the foresight to see, okay, well, he's, he's got a three point something GPA and he's doing really well. And then all of a sudden his sister commits suicide and he has an F in all his classes. So I just stopped going to class, to be honest with you. Uh, and they had the foresight to give me an incomplete and allow me to basically take all my final exams that I just completely skipped out on because I was just, I was, I was grieving. I just, I didn't, I didn't know how to handle it. So I just like kind of retreated like a lot of men do. They just kind of retreat, you know, to their own little corner and they just kind of deal with things on their own. Um, so fast forward to my junior year, about to, in the summer, going to my senior year, and you know I get another call that my mom passes away. Um, she had ca uh, cardiac arrest, um, basically had a real bad asthma attack. Um, and the crazy part was, like, I just saw my mom a few months, but prior to that, 
you know, when you see your parents, you know, busting they behind that hard just to make ends meet, like you're trying to push yourself, push yourself and do something to kind of alleviate the situation. And I remember telling her, like, look, I'm, I'm going to the NFL. Like, it's just a, another couple of years, like, and I'm, I'll be there. And the June, my junior year, right before my senior year, she wound up passing away. So I went home to the front. Luckily, I was able to get some wise people around me that didn't have me go into that, that huge spin of depression that I did when my sister committed suicide. I still was depressed, um, but I was handling the situation, you know, the, the best that I can. Um, but with my sister committing suicide, that started my mental health journey to trying to understand like what was going on in her mind and what was going on with her that made her feel like it was just hopeless. And of course, I'm a mental health therapist now, so I know a lot now that I did not know at 19, um, trying to figure that piece out. Um, and during that time, I also had a friend of mine who parents called me. This is I don't know, maybe a couple months before my sister committed suicide and he got locked up for running around Hampton University's campus butt naked because he was smoking some weed with some people who laced it with some LSD. Um, of course, he had never done that before and that just, you know, I took them over the edge. And come to find out, he had a history of mental illness in his family, but it skipped him or had not been activated in his brain yet. But the chemical imbalance that the, L the LSD caused shifted that chemical imbalance and he wound up being being diagnosed with uh, manic depressive at that time which is we all know now it's just bipolar disorder uh for the most part so two significant people in my life really struggled with their mental health and so i'm work, walking down this journey trying to figure figure some things out you know and this is supposed to be the best time of my life i'm going into the, my senior year in, in college and you know for all the all accounts they're basically telling me i'm going to be drafted in the first few rounds you know is what everybody's saying, you know, and so, you know, I go through the season trying to figure out everything. So I get, I want to get drafted. I was the 51st pick overall. I get there a few weeks in the camp, in the training camp. I start having some issues with my knee. And so I go to the trainer and I'm like, hey, something's wrong with my knee. Can we get an MRI or something to make sure, you know, everything's okay? So they sent me to go to get an MRI and they told me to take the rest of the day off. I came back, you know, the next day and they were like, hey, the coach and the trainer both sat there, looked me in my face and told me they didn't see anything on the MRI that I was all good to go. So, okay. I said, all right, cool. Maybe just some soreness from practicing two or three times a day. It is what it is. You know, so I go back out there uh, to warm up and I'm, I'm trying to get, go through warmups and, you know, I don't make it through warmups. I go up to the coach halfway through the warmups and I'm like, man, I'm not a doctor, but something's wrong. Like with my knee, I can't put no pressure on it. Hardly every time I try to plant, like it just buckles, like there's something, something's going on. So then he looks at me, say, okay, well, we lied. Your, your right knee is bone on bone, but we wanted you to play through this first season first before we told you about it for you to have surgery. And I was like, what? Now, mind you, I've been, I've been hoping and praying and working my entire life towards this goal to get to the NFL. And I finally get there and get hurt and get an MRI. Then the people that's supposed, that I'm supposed to be able to trust, now mind you, I'm 22 at the time, I did not understand that this was a business, that they don't care about you individually. They just care what you can do for them. That's, mm -hmm. I did not grasp that concept at the time. You know, I'm thinking, oh, these, these my coach, they're they not going to steer me in the wrong direction. But they did. They, they, they lied to me and told me they were going to let me play an entire year with my knee being bone on bone and not say anything <laughs> and just hope like I was just going to push through the pain. And 
then when I told them, when, then when they told me the truth, I told them, I said, well, I said, I don't really trust y'all. So now I got to go get an outside opinion. So I had to start going to an outside doctor who was not affiliated with the team so that I know that he would give me an honest opinion on what's going on with my leg. So, you know, the doctor pretty much tells me like, look, you're going to have knee problems for the rest of your life, even if you stop right now. Like if you stop today, you're still going to have knee problems for the rest of your life and it needs, your knees will be an issue for you. He said, but if you don't stop right now, he said, You'll, you won't be walking by the time you get age 30. And I was like, what do you mean walking? He's like, yeah, you'll be in a wheelchair, guaranteed. He said, because your right knee is 100% bone on bone and your left knee is not far behind. And I'm just like, wow. So I made a decision that I was going to try to rehab it and see where it goes. Then the team comes back to me and says, well, we want to inject you. We want you to inject your knee with basically it's a painkiller that kind of deads your nerves uh, for about four or five hours. So you can play in a game and not feel nothing. They wanted me to do that before every practice and before every game. And when I told them I wasn't going to do that, they basically gave me an ultimatum. It was like, well, if you don't do that, we're going to release you. And I said, well, y'all do what y'all feel like y'all got to do. But I feel like God has given me enough brains in my head where I can earn a living without having to, you know, destroy my body and not be able to walk for the rest of my life, you know. Um, and that was hard. That that was a dark time for me because my my childhood dream and I worked so hard to get there, it just completely came unraveled, like literally within like six months it just unraveled and I knew I wasn't going to be able to play again and that was a hard place to be not realizing who I was as a man and having my identity completely tied to I'm a football player <laughs> you know that's what I do and now that got stripped and so I was trying to figure out well who I am who 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 is this person Zinsu you know without sports because that's all I've known you know um, and so, you know, I'm fumbling through the dark of life, you know, trying to figure things out. And I finally just got this nagging thing in my heart about like, okay, when are you going to finish this journey for this mental health? So I started walking down that journey again, starting to figure things out. And I was like, God, you saying I'm supposed to be a mental health therapist? And I'm like, man, I don't know about all that. But <laughs> all that. What you said? <laughs> like, huh? like, am I am I hearing correctly? I'm like, man. I so that was because it wasn't what I planned. I had no plan on doing that. Like, but you know, it's it's now that I'm in it, I realized like I was created for this. Like, this is this is what I do. Like, I can do this. I can wake up and do this. Like, it's not you know. Whereas other people have to struggle to do it. Like. I know that God gifted me with the ability to be able to do this. Now, does that mean you don't work hard and still hone your skill? No, you still got to work hard and you still have to stir up the gift within you. But, you know, coming to that realization that I was more than just a football player was huge for me um, because it gave me a sense of, you know, identity and a sense of self-peace because I'm like, okay, well, people are like, oh, well, you're not playing football anymore. No what you doing now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, look, oh. yeah, yeah, like, huh? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> On the court of drinking 40s. <laughs> <laughs> and the crazy part is when I left Denver, my family begged me to come home to DC. And I said, absolutely what? not. It's negative. My, my dad was like, why won't you come home? I said, because I feel like if I come home, I'm going to go in the wrong direction. Yeah. And I don't want that for my life. I said, yeah. I may not make millions of dollars being a professional football player, but I also mm -hmm. don't want to be on the corner drinking 40s and doing nothing with my life either so that's real talk and and it's it's interesting because i literally my son's grandmother texted me yesterday and she was like hey when are you coming this way and i'm like yeah no plans 
No plans to. And it and it's and that's the thing. Like people don't get that you have to. I I have so much respect for you, and I applaud how you, you handled that, your entire journey. Yet, like just my heart, and I, you know, I said this to you probably. Like my heart goes out to you, but your resilience is just unmatched. Like I've I've just and I do this work just like you and I'm like you're it man you're that you epitomize what resilience looks like in the athletic world and and the personal world with all of this stuff and how many athletes have comparable stories that folk don't know you got fans and yeah. coaches and trainers kicking these athletes backs in yep, and yeah. have no <laughs> idea what they're struggling when when I went off on one of our previous episodes because I was so angry at how insensitive people were when Dak came out after Chase killed himself. I, oh, I was like my head almost popped off because I'm like, y'all hate the cowboy so much that you that you are inhumane and hearing this man's pain. Are you? Oh, I was on fire. I was on yeah. fire. And was, it's like, you can't be that trifling. You, you cannot be, like, be that on. trifling that this man lost his brother to suicide and his grandmother in a matter of months. And you're like, oh, that I was, I was like, you know what? And and I say all that to say that's part of the reason why I'm not in a rut. And, and I'm home is where the heart is. I'm, I love my family. I love my friends. I have love for the community that raised me. But Salem, New Jersey is a trigger for me that yeah. takes me to a headspace that I could very easily end up locked up because it just it it just take me there. Yeah. It takes me there. And and I and you gotta know, you have to know your capacity. And I know that there are people within the community, like you you talk about people that you don't like and folk that that I, I say. I know bear pokers. I know bear pokers in suit, but I say, I'm that bear that'll maul you to death. Leave me alone. I stay away from Salem. Yeah. I stay away from Salem because there are folks that won't leave me alone. I, we ain't kids no more. You holding on to some kid stuff. Leave me alone. So you know what? You don't want to leave me alone. I'm going to stay the heck on up out of Dodge so that I don't mess around and lose everything fooling with bear pokers that never left, don't have nothing, don't want nothing, and ain't about nothing. Very true. Amen. Ronnie, I know we got to do, um, Zinsu, I want you to tell folks first um, how they can get in touch with you. Let us know if you're accepting clients in your private practice. So our listening audience that's here in the DFW Metroplex, or if you're seeing clients um, virtually, are you licensed in DC, Maryland, Virginia, or are you just licensed in Texas? Let folks know am, how to get connected. I am I am just licensed in Texas. However, I am working on a couple of other licenses in other states yeah, um, yeah. that I would like to acquire. And uh, Maryland is one of them. This mm -hmm. actually one of the harder ones to get, but I think it's worth it mm -hmm. um, if yeah. you can get one in the DMV area. Mm -hmm. um, their qualifications is, is a little higher, in my opinion, than uh, mm -hmm. Texas. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's just a, a, a higher standard, which I like. Um, yeah. 
but I am seeing clients virtually currently, uh, probably won't see clients in person for a while until after the second surgery, more than likely, mm -hmm. unless, you know, something changes with mm -hmm. my doctor. Um, and they can get in touch with me. You can Google, um, you know, if you Google Zinsu Toviesi, Paul Toviesi will come up, which is my middle name, which is what a mm -hmm. lot of people, you know, call me by. Um, mm -hmm. And most of my, you know, platforms will come up, Instagram, Facebook, just things like that. So it's not, it's not hard um, to, mm -hmm. to get in contact with me. So usually my stuff pulls up if you Google my name. Right, right. Now, it was an honor to have you on the show, man, and to share your testimony and to share your story, man, about your resiliency and everything you've been through and to, and to be the man you are today, man. I, it was an honor to listen to it and to share this, share this space with you, man. We really appreciate it. Um, hey, Dr. Pitts. So um, I do got to step out because I got to get to this function um, and I got to get. Yeah, so we'll so, do picks next week. Yeah, I do, I do have everything on here already, but we can follow up next week, whatever. Yeah. I do got to go. So, are you on with us next week, Zinsu? Uh, I don't know. I can't uh, remember. I, didn't, I, have I haven't to, checked the calendar. Yeah, it is. Hold on. I don't think so. Wait, wait, wait. Um, he's got a couple of other shows coming up. Yeah, but, I can't um, remember if it was next week. If not, man, look, man, it was yeah. an honor. I definitely want to reach out to you personally, man, because like there was a lot of things you shared in your personal story that I definitely relate to and would just love to just, you know, just process with you because as a former student athlete, there are a lot of things, you know, on the, the physical side of it that, you know, have taken a while for me to process and to, you know, find a place of acceptance for, man. So I just appreciate you being on here, man, and, and sharing that. It was a real honor to be in this space with you all. Um, I do got to step out real quick, but um, Dr. Pitts, hold it down for me. Zinsu, it was an honor, yes. man. I appreciate yes, you, man. We'll definitely be talking soon. Absolutely. So look, sir, um, thank you so very much for joining us today. Such a powerful, powerful contribution. I think you are on next week because it's the 100th episode, and I specifically asked you if you would come over that, but I'll, I'll double check the, um, the official schedule because I don't have the official schedule in front of me. Okay. Um, but look, folks, wow, what what another, you know, powerful, powerful show, powerful topic. Zinsu, if you don't mind, I'm going to have you sign us off. Leave us with two nuggets. What, what are two key tips that you would give our student athletes at the high school and collegiate level and even our professional athletes? What, what are two pearls that you would leave them with today as we close out? Uh, the first pearl would be seek therapy. Even if things mm -hmm. aren't going wrong in your life, even if you don't, you think everything is fine, just seek some therapy, get somebody you can talk to and be real with, you know, and that's not always your friends or your family or your mom or your dad. Some, not mm -hmm. a, you can't be real with everybody. Not everybody can handle that. But when you go to a therapist, you can, you have somebody that you can tell your innermost issues with, because we mm -hmm. all got them. I don't care how much a person smiles and walks around upbeat and mm -hmm. laughing and all we got, we all got stuff inside that we going to have to deal with at some point. Mm -hmm. So the sooner you start to deal with it, the better off you're going to be. Secondly, mm -hmm. is you got to have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. You can't, no one can tell the future. And it doesn't mm -hmm. mean you can have the greatest talent, but if you, if you break your leg in four places and they tell you, you can't play whatever it is, you can't run track no more, then it's mm -hmm. over. You got to figure something outside. What do you want to do? Do you want to coach? You know, do you want to, what, what is it that you want to do? Don't get caught flat-footed if it doesn't work out, if your plan A doesn't work out. There's a lot of guys that I went to college with 
you know, that I went to high school with that had the same aspirations as me. They wanted to go to the NFL and do this mm -hmm. and do that. And I made it. Now, I didn't stick around as long as I would have liked, but some of them didn't get drafted. They didn't get invited right. anywhere. And what right. happened to them, they went through the same thing that I went through where they were trying to find themselves. Some of them took the drugs real bad and then now kind of coming back around and starting to get yeah. their life back together. Because as a man, we find our identity in what we do, what we what we do for a living a lot of times. Yeah. So you have to learn, who am I? Aside mm -hmm. from football or basketball or track mm -hmm. or whatever sport that I'm doing, even my employment, mm -hmm. whatever I do for a living, who mm -hmm. am I? And when you can find that and be secure in who you are as a man and as a woman, mm -hmm. then if the sports gets, gets stripped from you, it's not that it's not going to hurt, but it's not yeah. going to break you. And it's not yeah. going to shatter your life to the point where you head down a wrong path for the rest of your life. You'll yeah. be prepared and you'll be able to bounce back from that and do something different. And yeah. that's what I think I didn't. That's why I think I went wrong. I didn't really have a backup plan. My mom okay. was just NFL or bust, period. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. Right, right. And and we've, we've actually done a, a show on that. It's like, okay, life after football, now what? You know, whether it's football, yeah. basketball, baseball, whatever the case may be. Wow, wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, so very much. Um, thank you what for a powerful, a powerful contribution. And, and, and it's an honor. It really, really is. Look, folks, we're excited because next week is the 100th episode, the 100th episode of House Talk pregame. It, wow. So we are super excited. We have an awesome show planned for you next week. Can't wait to be back here and jump into some more much needed discussion. Absolutely. Much needed discussion. And we thank you, sir. I'm going to follow up with you to just to double check to see if, if we have you confirmed for next week. But again, okay. thank I'm you available so much. Either way, if you need me. Okay. Speedy recovery. Take care of you. Yes, ma'am. Sit back and chill and watch some football. <laughs> tell your better half I said hi. <laughs> I will tell him. I will tell him. Thank All you, right. everybody. Have a wonderful Saturday, everybody. We'll see you back next week. Thank you, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>